0: Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today, we continue in our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a life-changing tool that will show you how to re-energize your spiritual life in ways you may have never dreamed possible. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com right now while you listen to today's broadcast. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now here's pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called building margin into your life
1: Last week, we talked about learning to say no that two-letter word. No is a holy word In fact, let's all just say it together. No, didn't that feel good. No You see tomorrow if you get up you got 50 things to do in one day and you're only gonna get 20 of them done that means you're going to have to say no 30 times. In your life, you will have to learn to say no far more than you'll have to learn to say yes. Because there are far more things you can't do than you have time, energy, effort, and what God wants you to do. Now, of course, it's easy to say no to things you don't like or things that are unpleasant. I mean, say you say, well, I'm gonna have a little margin in my life. I'm gonna say no to a root canal this week. Yeah, well, great, you know. Uh, today I'll say no to a rigid sigmoidoscopy, you know. Yeah, well, I guess so, I just have a little margin. I won't do that. No, I don't want that IRS audit. No, I got margin. The real problem is saying no to things you like. Saying no to things that are fun, or good, or beneficial, or helpful. You cannot even do all the good things in life. Have you figured that out? You just can't. You can't even do all the good things. You can't do everything, so you have to determine the right thing. What does God want me to do with my time and my energy and my money? Now, if you want an effective life, I can summarize it in one word, selection. Selection is the key to an effective life. Saddleback has grown because we have selected to do five things, and we keep everything we do under one of those five things, five purposes of our church. In my own life, I've selected to not speak to all kinds of other groups, but just certain groups, this church and primarily pastors, to focus my life. You'll be more effective if you figure out what you're not going to do as well as what you're going to do. Now, what I'm saying to you is that you will actually accomplish more in life by doing less. You will accomplish more by doing less, by being totally committed to two or three things that really matter than half committed to a dozen or two dozen different things. Now, here's the thing. If you don't periodically prune the activities in your life, and I mean like every quarter look and go, what do I need to stop doing now? If you don't periodically, God will do the pruning for you. And it will happen through an illness or a crisis or something because you cannot live beyond your limits, you know, month after month after month. Proverbs 20, verse 30 says, sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. I want you to hear the story of Steve today. Would you give him a warm Welcome.
2: During college, I set my sights on achieving what we all believed was the American dream. I married my college sweetheart, I set about building a career and a family. We set our goals together, but it really didn't occur to us to include Christ in our marriage or in the plans we were making for our lives. Sure, we believed Christ died for our sins, but we seemed to be doing just fine without him and we thought that he had a lot more important things to do than be concerned about our individual lives. As a young couple in the building stage of life, we hardly noticed that the pace and the stress of our lives was increasing every year. To achieve my dreams, I toiled sometimes working two jobs and ultimately built a nice career. We bought a home and we became active in our community. When I say active, I mean really active. Pastor Rick would call it overload. We were active in our church, we were active in PTA, I helped run a Boy Scout troop, I founded a small business, and I was also serving at the state level in a professional trade association. We kept busy all the time. There was no margin, no space, and no breathing room. Operating at 110% became kind of a natural state. We weren't even aware that that was happening to us. As a result, the pressures of life kept building, The demands of financial survival became heavier and heavier. Business uh, was good. My business was flourishing, but only with continued investment of long hours at the office. There was less time for each other. Our son was growing up, and my wife and I were growing apart. It didn't happen suddenly. It just crept up on us over the years. Like so many other Orange County families, we were so focused on schedules, on goals, on finances and on having and doing more things. Our Bibles laid on the shelf and Jesus was slowly squeezed out of our schedule without any fanfare or without any notice. And if you would have asked me how my life was on August the 1st of 1993, I would have said it was great. Our boy was graduating from high school, my wife was finishing her degree, our home was almost paid off, and my business had increased profits 20% for the third year in a row. I would have said we were almost set, but I would, would have been sadly mistaken. Things weren't great at all. The hidden effect of living an overloaded life without Jesus at the center of that life finally took its toll on that morning because that was the morning that my wife of 23 years told me that she didn't love me anymore. She told me that she had already filed for divorce and that I would be served with the papers the next morning. She said we had lived a good life, but she wanted more out of a relationship, and she set off to find what she felt was missing. There was nothing I could say or do to persuade her otherwise. And that became the first of many quick wake-up calls for me. Things went quickly from bad to worse. The economic climate here in Orange County changed, and my business failed. Within a year, I had lost my family, my home, my business, and most of my assets. Stress-related health problems began to overwhelm me, and I had three surgeries in just a few months. I found myself begging for work from people who had previously been my competitors, and I felt like a failure in every aspect of my life. As a husband, as a father, as a provider, as a man, I was ashamed to talk to anyone, including God. I was very depressed and I set about isolating myself from the world and from God. The payoff for overloading my life and exceeding my limits was an emotional collapse. One person that I kept in touch with was a friend who was going through similar catastrophes and one day I found to my great shock that he had taken his own life. I saw the anguish of his relatives at his funeral. But in my exhausted and depressed state, the thought came to me that if I could just think up a better plan than he had, I could end my life without anyone really figuring out what had happened. In thinking those thoughts, it occurred to me that no matter how well I planned it, no matter how devious my plan, Jesus would know exactly what was in my heart. At that moment I realized in the most crystal clear way that God had never left me, that he had been with me through my sorrows, that he was with me at that moment and that he would never leave me in the future. I reasoned that if God was with me, then perhaps I could endure one more day and one more week. And I set about getting the help that I knew I would need to go on. Slowly I let God come back into my life and began healing. And one Saturday evening I was driving on the toll road with my then 20 year old son and we saw this church at night in the dark filled with people and I said I wonder if that's the church I've been hearing about I think they call it Saddleback and my son looked at me with a smile on his face and he said dad this is Saturday night that must be a cult. (laughs) We laughed but the next weekend I came here and I Found a church home I never left. I arrived at this church with no purpose in my life other than getting through the week. How ironic that I, a man with no purpose, ended up at a purpose driven church. (laughs) Well, I slowly found a new purpose again. For the first time, I was given the tools and the direction I needed to really begin to bring balance and sanity into my life. I took the purpose driven classes 101, 201, 301. And my new life with margin began each day with quiet time and reflection with God. I did just as Pastor Rick had said, and I began reading through the New Testament, but this time slowly. And this time they weren't ink on pages, they weren't words to rush through, but they were signposts and comforts to my heart. I took the time to regain my health in body and spirit. My new life of margin began with Christ as the center, and then I could spread out to other activities. During my depression, I had come so close to taking my own life that I never want again to let days streak by without appreciating them. I've intentionally slowed down, and each sunset looks brighter to me today, and each trial that comes along is less significant. I have a whole new perspective on possessions and wealth. I found that it's just stuff. And you know what? It's all his stuff. And he lends it to us for a while while we're here on earth. One of the joys of living with margin is that you begin to have extra time and energy to help others. When I was overloaded, all I could think about was myself. I was just trying to survive. But as I began to regain my strength physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I started to help lead in the divorce care ministry here at our church. That turned out to be one of the most wonderful and healing experiences of my life. I led a group of recently divorced people just like myself and I found a wonderful group of single Christians at our singles celebration. I set about learning to build Christ-centered friendships and Christ-centered relationships. A most unexpected blessing came to me when I met an exciting and godly woman named Kathy through our singles ministry. Kathy is now my wife of several months. She's the spice in my chili and the anchor for my ship. (laughs) She's taught me that you often have to say no to good stuff in order to have time and energy to savor the even better stuff that God puts in your life. It's amazing to me how God can use my past pain and difficulties for good things. For 45 years, I hurried and I hustled to try to make my plans work, and they didn't work but all that brought me was broken relationships and an overloaded life. I had to hit bottom to learn to listen. Please don't let that happen to you. God tells us in Jeremiah 29:27, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I hope you'll decide to slow down and listen to the wonderful plans and blessings that God has for each and every one of you. Thank you.
1: The fifth step in putting margin into your life is to do less and trust God more. Do less and trust God more. Now, why should I do that? Because God can do more in 20 minutes than you can do in 20 years. Some of you have had some goals, some dreams that you've been striving, seeking, working, hustling, hurrying, all for, for year after year after year. You haven't achieved it yet. Why don't you just back off a little bit? Relax, chill out, and trust God. Watch what He can do, because He can do it a whole lot faster and a whole lot better than you can do it. You know, one of the benefits... Of Overload frankly one about the only benefit of being stretched limit of being on overload is that it forces you to trust God Because it brings you to your knees you realize I've hit the wall. I I'm out of steam. I'm out of energy One time the Apostle Paul hit burnout He was in Asia working serving and he said there he said we were pressed so hard He said uh, actually he said we despaired of even life itself. He said I was ready to kick the bucket I was ready to throw in the towel And he tells about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Your last verse there on your outline. He says, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. God can do what you can't do. Now, Jesus did not say, if you're busy, you can move mountains. He didn't say busyness is the way to move a mountain. He didn't say, if you work real hard and really get stressed, you can move a mountain. He didn't say, if it's to be, it's up to me to move a mountain. He said, if you have faith, you can move mountains. Faith, not busyness, is what gets the job done. Faith. So what's your mountain? What's the problem in your life that needs moving? Stop doing so much. Do less and trust God more. Let's bow our heads. Father, we've lived without margin in our lives for so long, we can hardly remember what it was like to not feel fatigue or pressure all the time. We think fatigue is a normal way you're supposed to live and feel, but it's not. But we don't want to stay the same. So I pray for everyone here today that you'll give us the courage to take these steps that can bring balance and sanity back into our lives and our schedules and our relationships. Now you pray. Say, Father, I'm tired of being rushed and late and exhausted all the time. I got too many irons in the fire and I need your help to get out of the mess I've gotten myself into. Help me to recognize and accept my limitations. Help me to put some space in my schedule. I need breathing room and margin in my life. Jesus Christ, I know I can't do it all. And I need your wisdom in deciding what matters most and what I should do. I don't want to waste my life. Please give me the courage to say no to the wrong things. And the courage to say yes to the right things. And most important, help me to trust you. Forgive me for thinking and acting as if everything depends on me. It doesn't. It all depends on you. And I want to have greater faith in you and less reliance upon myself. I want less stress and more margin. In your name I pray.
2: Amen.
0: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today. But first, it doesn't matter how much you work out or how healthy you eat. If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You'll run out of gas. You've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. And the best way to do this is with God's Word. That's why Pastor Rick created a Bible study called Re-Energize Your Life. In it, you'll discover how to re-energize your life the way God intended. Step by step, you'll begin a journey of restoration and renewal. You'll benefit from biblical wisdom and learn how to apply it to your life in practical ways. You'll learn how to let Jesus lighten your load and discover the key to a balanced life. Not only will you learn how to relieve stress, Pastor Rick will show you how to discover your purpose and build margin into your schedule. This high-quality, soft-touch vegan leather book is a user-friendly, interactive powerhouse. Its eye-pleasing, colorful pages are packed full of key scriptures, and Bible teachings that will dramatically impact your spiritual life forever. Don't settle for a bland existence. Re-energize your life now with this guided experience Bible study from Pastor Rick Warren. Today when you send a gift to Daily Hope to help take the hope of Jesus to a lost world, we'll send you Re-Energize Your Life to Say Thanks. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com, or you can text the word DAILY to 800 That's the word DAILY to 800 Thanks so much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners.
1: I love to end our broadcast by reading letters from people like you. Here's one from Melissa who lives in Columbia. Pastor Rick, I just want to say thanks to you and thanks to God for helping me understand the Bible and for helping bring so many souls to Jesus Christ. I've been blessed because you put your messages online for free. And because of that free ministry, I have access to the truth. I cannot thank you enough. She says, I want to help, and I want to give what God commands to give me to give so that his message can reach the entire world. Thank you, Melissa from Columbia. Well, Melissa, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement, and thank you for your financial gift, and thank you for caring about people who haven't heard the good news. You see, when we work together, we're able to do things we cannot do on our own. Together, we reach people that would never be reached any other way. And when you get to heaven, we're going to celebrate all the souls that have come to know Jesus Christ. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And thank you for praying. And I want to say the same thing to all of the rest of you who are doing that too. God bless you. And join me next time
0: as we continue to look into God's word for our daily hope. Now, if you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial
2: support.